travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the music. Everybody have fun tonight. Everybody wang chung tonight. The movies. Yes! Yes! I'll have what she's having. And the parties. No one in my family ever drinks. That's great. You probably never run out of ice your whole life. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com. And today, an interview with Cheap Tricks' Robin Zander. Can you honestly tell me that you forgot? Forgot the magnetism of Robin Zander or the charisma of Rick Nielsen? That's kid stuff. Kid stuff? How about the tunes? I want you to want me. The dream police. Da, 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 da. Your mama's all right. Your dad is all right. But just seem a little bit weak. He wants me to want him, but I just wish he'd surrender. Times pop music critic Sean Daly. Yes. Stephen Q. Spears, an epic, historic day and stuck in the 80s history. Yes? Yes. Rock Royalty visits us in person. Rock Royalty visits us in person. It's our second in-studio interview. Our first was Deborah Gibson. Now Debbie. Can I say, can I say Debbie yeah, now? Yeah, it's okay. Really? Now. She's yeah. released the band? Yeah. Awesome. Robin is just Robin, though. Yeah, he is. You know what? And how poetic that is. He's just Robin. No, the great Robin Zander comes in and visits us. He has a big event on, on New Year's Eve, December 31st. Um... Robin and Cheap Trick will be recreating the entirety of 1979's Dream Police album at Janice Live in downtown St. Pete. And Dream Police, uh, 1979 was a huge year for them, as we talked to Robin. I was at Budokan and Dream Police. Yeah. Um, and Robin's a great guy, isn't he? Yeah, and he's a local guy. He lives in Safety Harbor now. He's not from here. He's a Chicago native. Yeah. But we, we're lucky to have him among the many rock stars who now live in Florida. Yeah, Brian Johnson down the road. We met him. Yeah, yeah. And um, so for him, it's just a you know twenty minute drive down to the old St. Pete Times to to talk to and his so buddies. So he actually called me up and left his cell phone there. I was like, <laughs> like dancing around in my undies in my apartment. I was very excited. And then we played this really awkward game of phone tag, where I, I felt like maybe Rob Zander was starting to get angry with me, you know. And the, I, my favorite part of the interview is when I call him my only rock star friend, you know, and it gets like cricket. He just kind of looks at you. Yeah, like, kinda looks I have over no at idea. Me. He's like, I have no idea if you're Spears or Daly right now. You look the same to me. But anyway, Robin's great. We talk about, like I said, we talk about Dream Please, Budokan. Uh, we talk a little bit about uh, Cheap Trick is always um, on the outside looking in with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which we don't think is fair. And, uh, yeah, it was just, I felt very, very yeah. special. Then we had this really chummy photo shoot afterwards. We'll tell you about that after. Where we kind of, like, yeah. bookended him, the poor little guy. So God, uh, I love him. Anyway, without further ado, are you ready? Pour it on. The Stuck in the 80s interview with Cheap Tricks, Robin Zander.
Okay, we are here in the studio with the great Robin Zander. Ah, well, thank you very much. I, I consider you my only, you have no idea who I am. I can consider you my only rock star friend. <laughs> We've met twice, but I'm clinging to that, Robin. That's all right. I'll tell you what, it's good to be home and it's good to be here. Thanks uh, for everything oh, you guys yeah. have done for Cheap Trick down here. I mean, uh, we, we're down here. We're going to have a big party on New Year's Eve. So uh, that's what we're really here to That's discuss, what you're here right? to talk about. Um, you and Cheap Trick on uh, December 31st, New Year's Eve at Janice Live in beautiful downtown St. Pete are recreating the Dream Police, 1979's Dream Police album, a smash. Uh, tell us a little bit about the logistics of the show. Well, the thing about the show is, um, I'll give you a little background first. It's just, uh, you know, Dream Police was an album that we did and we, we utilized some other instruments like uh, cellos and violins and some orchestrated instruments. And, um, so, and, and, uh, so we decided, well, maybe we should recreate that live after doing the Sgt. Pepper thing the last couple of years. It's the last time we talked, yeah. yeah that's we, a couple at years the Hollywood ago. Bowl and all that. It seemed like a logical thing for us to do with our own music, so... We thought, well, we could put this show together pretty easily. And uh, so it's actually Cheap Trick doing the Dream Police album from top to bottom in order. And then the second half of the show is a greatest hits package kind of thing. I saw that's about 22 tracks. Yeah, so we're doing, we're doing almost two hours or about two hours. Um, the, the cool part about it is we're, we brought an orchestra. And so when we do the show, the orchestra sits on top of us. <laughs> that's and, awesome. And it's, it's set up really cool. And, um, and uh, we have a choir called the Mind Choir that uh, we've used, um, and we we kind of snagged them from the Sergeant Pepper show that we did. So it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, Rick's Rick's kids are playing in the in the band. Oh, really? Yeah, his his uh, boy Dax is drumming, and uh, his other boy um, Miles is playing guitar. And then uh, Ian, one of my sons, is singing in the choir. So. It's a family affair. So it's kind of like that, yeah. I hear they're going to reconfigure the stage a little bit. Yeah, we had, to, on to it? we had to extend the stage because we brought in so much stuff. You know, we've got the, the orchestra, the choir, the band itself has extra instrumentation. And and we have we have some video screens, too, that take up a lot of space. Um, and, and there'll be a lot of video and uh, some interaction with the crowd and stuff like that. Now, do you consider like Dream Police your the the, the crowning like the ultimate um, cheap trick album? No, not necessarily. Um, but it was a sort of a, a turning point album or or a door opening album for us because it it's sort of um, it was diverse, you know, with a, a song like Voices and a song like Gonna Raise Hell back to back. Really, uh, you know, we we started stretching out a lot. And uh, it sort of opened up uh, new horizons for our, for our music. Yeah, voices now being used in "How I Met Your Mother," yeah, right? So, exactly. brand of uh, cheap trick uh, regeneration. All these like uh, you know new fans. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Is the fact that you're stretching out with, with Dream Police, is that a product of the times? I mean, 1979 to me is kind of a turning point music in general where you have, you're sort of, let, you know, we're letting go of one type of music and we're starting to move into the new wave, you know, influenced era. 
Well, it was a struggle during the 70s, and that's one of the reasons we put our band together is to just make fun of everybody else around us. <laughs> and, and I remember doing stuff like, and we'd do our shows, and Rick had this thing called the Carnival Game where girls would sit on his face and he'd guess their weight. <laughs> You know, we do we do a parody we do a parody of Queen where you know uh, we would sing a, a whole different lyric uh, to the thing and not that we didn't like the band Queen but we we just thought we were just tired of the same stuff happening and the big thing was disco and we had this song called Disco Paradise that we used to play and um, make fun of the 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 scene at the time and, and I mean I remember you know when the Ramones and the Sex Pistols and Cheap Trick came out. It was a backlash against basically dance music, right? And, and because no one was listening to rock music anymore, and if they were, it was all cl- classical styled, you know, big huge things, you know. And and we were just a rock band, so it was sort of like you know, in Chicago, they were burning records, disco records, right, right, and all yeah. this baloney. So you're kind of taking the piss out of this. Yeah, we were kind of yeah. doing that, and so it was a struggle when we made our first record in '77. It came out in January to get anybody to buy it. And, and uh, you know, to get radio to even play it, I think we sold 30,000 copies of our first record. And back then, everybody was selling records, so, you know, that wasn't, that was nothing. That was like, huh, you know, but we had signed a three-record uh, contract, a three-deal, three-record deal. And uh, so they were forced to do two more records with us. But by the time the third record came out, we had won some fans and uh especially overseas we'd done well in europe and japan we had a couple hits right. yeah take us back yeah. to yeah I mean, the budokan era i mean 79 well, is such a big year for you yeah you have... well this is part of what your question was yeah. and i'm kind of trying to lead up to it what we did is we we had a few hits here and there in the world not in the united states uh, we had one song called surrender that was doing okay on the radio charts i think it was in the 60s or something like that but it was on medium rotation in a lot of major stations. So we we went to Japan and and, and we thought, well, we're popular over there. We uh, at least we had a couple hit songs, but we didn't realize how popular we were. When I remember sitting on the airplane and we're sitting there and uh, you know I'm wondering who are all those people out there and it must be the presidents here or something, you know. <laughs> and it was for us and I we couldn't believe it. It was unbelievable. I want you to want me. I want. I want you to want me. I want you to want me. What happened was we had Dream Police in the can. It was ready to go to be released. But we had recorded a live album in Japan that took over the world. It was it went like wildfire and we had to us uh, we had to delay the release of Dream Police by a year. Wow. Wow. Jeez. So uh, that's a good thing, actually, but bad in the same breath. So um, we waited a year for that to come out, and uh, by that time it was 1979, and the music scene was changing, you know, like you said. Um, uh, rock was sort of coming back around and transforming itself and picking up influences from the 70s, like glitter and stuff like that. You got these hair bands starting up, and, you know, it's getting uh, getting a little back to you know some some real rock music yeah but cheap trick was so different too because i mean you're a good looking dude you know the this <laughs> you know one of the the great and great looking front men but then you have you know rick acting like a goofball <laughs> you know what they always say like two studs and two nerds right, you know yeah, and that, yeah. that, I mean, they, they bunnies that. like the accountant that drink all your beer at parties. <laughs> right. he's back there smoking yeah. in his suit you know 
Um, well, like, you know, so here you are redoing Dream Police. I mean, you know, what have you learned about this album kind of going back and you're rehearsing for it? Like, I mean, you have these nine I, tracks. I learned how hard it was to do. <laughs> I mean, yeah, those, those songs on that album are, are pretty difficult songs to sing. I, I don't know if anybody's realizes that or not, but I mean, I've, of all the records we've done, that's one of the toughest ones uh, for some reason for me. But um, uh, other than that, I think... Uh, I just I just remember when we did the record I wasn't really pleased with the way the pr- uh, producer was handling it because he was rarely there. It's got Tom Warman. Yeah, yeah. And and he had made two records before that where that wasn't the case. You know, he was right there all the time. Um, and he wasn't pleased with the fact we wanted to use um, some orchestration on the record, and he was uh, he didn't like some of the the. The performances by us, you know, we are the band, not yeah. him. <laughs> but uh, so he brought in when we weren't there, he would bring in extra players oh, to do no. stuff. Oh yeah, so we'd have to go back in there and erase stuff, and oh. it got to be like a pain in the, you know what? So, um, but there you go, you know, things happen. Yeah, and we never used Tom after that, but right, you know, no, no offense, Tom, but you know, there you go. So, but I mean, as you proved in the the Sergeant Pepper stuff, I mean, you can still hit these crazy notes. So, a song like Voices, I mean, some a way the world gets up there too, Ooh, right? I mean, it's like <laughs> hey, you know, but you, you're but you're hitting them. You're doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you have to, you know. Yeah. So there you go. So you're talking about Bunny earlier. And I know Bunny Carlos won't be at this show. No, right? Bunny's Bunny's taking a break from touring for a bit, and uh, so that's why we have Rex Kidd in. Yeah, um, he's familiar with the material, but no bad blood with Bunny. No, no bad blood. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of Rick, too, and we and I haven't had my blood taken. In a while, so I... <laughs> maybe he should. You know, maybe Xander <laughs> once a year. No, um, yeah, so... yeah. He, he, he's he's not here for medical reasons. He made me sick. But... <laughs> you know, we we were talking about. Um, obviously, you've been uh, inspired by the Beals. You're, you know, uh, uh, and. But in a lot of ways, not just sound, but you and, and Rick with the 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 you kind of that that two headed monster with, you know, not just songwriting, but you're out there. You know, Rick is always on the mic. I mean, he, you know, you guys have had a really interesting relationship. But with like some of these other bands, whether it's your Oasis or your Kinks, you guys never really uh, always got along pretty well, right? Yeah, we always got along pretty well because we we weren't brothers. First of all, we didn't live in the same house. Yeah, we didn't have a history of being able to tell secrets on each other. Yeah. Uh, you know that sort of stuff. We stayed out of each other's hair, and I think the, that's true with all the uh, guys in a band. We we just didn't crap in each other's backyard, you know, <laughs> right. and so we didn't have a chance to step in it that way. Uh, it works out because um, the the music sort of keeps us together. We we had we rehearsed three days in 1973 um, before we actually went out and played '74, uh, and um, after that. I don't think we've rehearsed since, but <laughs> but uh, after that, we just knew after those three days that this is going to work. We it, we had similar influences, yet we're all really different, you know, people, and we brought everybody brought equally the same sort of um, power to the band, so we knew it was going to work. 
So you kind of came together for the band, then you kind of do off and do, do your oh, own yeah. shit. Oh, we, yeah. We, we weren't like best friends that hung out all the time. Yeah. You know, but. And maybe that's what saved it. Maybe yeah. that's why all these years later, you know, you guys are still uh, I think out so. there rocking. I think so. I mean, I assume you're scattered around. I mean, you yeah, live down here. I live down here. They Rick lives up there. Tom lives in Nashville. You know, right. he's on his porch somewhere. <laughs> how is, how is it that... hideaway yeah. resort. How, how is it that we're so lucky to have you here in Tampa Bay living here? Now, your and, wife, Pam, brought you down here, didn't she? Yeah, we, we lived in Chicago for a couple years, and... Uh, and uh, she got pregnant with me, <laughs> and uh, I think it was me. <laughs> <laughs> you trust me? I've seen yeah. your kids, yeah, it's you. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and and she grew up here, so uh, it took me a little bit to acclimate, you know, from living in Chicago all my life. But hell, you know, it's beautiful here. Every day you wake up and the sun's shining, and um, I wouldn't move and live anywhere else. Can you truth. can you still enjoy your privacy to to a large degree as well? It gets difficult sometimes, but we make an effort. You know, and uh, it works out. I actually followed you out. Um, you were at the when Ario Speedwagon played at the Tropicana Field. Is this a creepy field. story? Or that you're <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a paperback. <laughs> you were there on the field to see Ario Speedwagon the last time they were playing at the Tropicana Rays game. And, that's and, right. And you, you, uh, you left it like literally thirty seconds before I did. And I'm walking down the hallway, and you're probably twenty feet in front of me. And I, and I figured out, oh my God, it's Robin Sander, twenty feet in front. Of me. <laughs> and my friend's like, let's go up and say hi. I was like, nah, nah. It's, I mean. Let's be cool. Let's just, you know, let him let him have his privacy. No, I really don't. I, it's you know, I, I'm just like anybody else. I don't I don't mind talking to people and stuff like that, you know. But uh, people sometimes, you know, like come over to your house uninvited, you know, stuff like that. Uh, that's and, I, you know, and I've got <laughs> I've got kids and stuff, you know, and yeah. it's not. Well, uh, they want just want to chat or have you sign something? Yeah, usually. So, but still, you don't know that. How would you know who it is? You know? Yeah. So it gets a little weird sometimes, but this time of year, um, it always comes around. Um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announces its its class of inductees, yeah. and people like me and Sean go ape shit crazy because yeah. we totally disagree with the picks. That's that's fine, you know. They have their thing and the way they do stuff. Uh, I don't even know if I would go if we were <laughs> nominated. To be yeah. honest, I mean, to me, I I was disappointed with them a long, long time ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, look at a band like Kiss for God's I sake. Know. Kiss. You know, come on. <laughs> well, Steve just Steve just interviewed uh, Steve Perry, and so Journey's another one. If you're going to look at sales yeah. and fan oh yeah, and stuff well, like I I think it's more than just sales and figures. They do that, but then they also go back and see what the influence you had on uh, the music scene was. And they have judges in, within their little thing. Well, there. It's Jan Wenner from Rolling Stone yes. dictating all that stuff, yes. right? And then they t they also take into consideration the n number of you sign petitions for your favorite bands, and they look at that too. So there's a number of things that they look at. But who the hell cares? I mean, I it, I don't need somebody like them to tell me how great I am. <laughs> you need us. Yeah, and we're just <laughs> yeah. that, and we'll do that every day. I mean, I think we're pretty damn good. I think our band's pretty damn good. And I, we, we've been there for 30, what, six, seven years now. Yeah. So, you know, we wouldn't be around if we weren't pretty decent. And we still sell tickets, and our fans still like us. And, you know, if, if Ian doesn't want to come to our show, well, that's his prerogative. Yeah. Um, so I don't have to go to his show either. I mean, I'd have to pay to get my wife in there to begin with. I think a seat there is like five thousand dollars or something. If you want to, oh, to go to the yeah, uh, the, and the you can't thing. bring a guest, you know. So I don't know. I I more power to them. I have friends there. The president 
is a friend of mine. I, I you know, uh, but I talk to him about comic books more than anything else. <laughs> I know you're a comics guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, kind of. Oh, hey, let me ask. So you got 40 years coming up. 40 yeah. years together. Have you guys, I mean, doing Dream Police is a big deal. Have you guys thought about uh, how you're going to celebrate 40 years? No, I don't know about that, but I'm sure that discussion is going to come up soon. All right. Yeah. I want to be a part of it now that we're Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, my only rock star friend, Robin yeah, we'll, Sander. Well, we'll give you an exclusive of some kind. <laughs> there you go. I know. I love <laughs> that. Listen, we love Robin Sander, Tampa Bay's own, um, December 31st at Janice Live in downtown St. Pete. Yeah, it's going to be Cheap way tricks. cool. And I don't know if you know this or not, but they've poured a bunch of money into this place. and It's fantastic. You have to go there and see it, whether it's with us or anything else. Uh, but this, all those bars and the VIP, the Does VIP it look great? they've got little VIP rooms that hold about 10 people and you get your own waitress, man. I'm not kidding. Look at that yeah. smile. Yeah. Yeah. I want Robin's waitress. You know, he's gets the best so, one. You know, so he does. Well, listen, there you go. Um, Robin Zander, the great one. Thanks for coming in Thank and talking to us. Awesome. All right. What an amazing interview. Man, what an end to this year. Steve Perry, Robin Zander. Jim Kerr. Jim Kerr. Simon LeBon. Simon LeBon. John Cafferty. <laughs> God, I could have talked to him for an hour. Robin, oh, Robin's such a good guy. Oh, and you know man. what it is? So is he is very, like, he's good with the media here. So he's, even though he's still... A front man. He's one of the great front men. He's still a rock star. He's still a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. I didn't really open up. You know, I mean, we, we I opened up to him after the interview. We uh, we walked down the hallway because uh, Robin was nice enough to agree to to have his photo taken here for the for the story that we're going to run. Yeah, shout and, out to Scott Keeler, our photographer too, yeah. our friend. Yeah, for doing that. And so that. suddenly Spearsy opens up and starts. All the questions start pouring out. I loved. I was walking away too because I had to go open the yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the photo studio door, and so I just hear you guys talking. I'm like Spearsy, don't do it. And so I asked him, "There's a question I've always wanted to know." <laughs> and I told him, "I said, look, it's burnt. Like as Daly would say, it's burned into the DNA of everybody our age. Right. The phrase, uh, I want you to want me from Boone, And huh? so right. I asked him." I go, do you have a lot of people who come up to you and say that? And he just I heard laughed. you ask that question. He said, laughs. He goes, not to my face, Spearsy. Not to my face. He's like, they're 20 yards down the way, down the <laughs> sidewalk, and they yell at me. I, thought, oh, I love that. Because I want you. To, I love it. That they got to be far away. You can't say it to his face. You and, know? And, 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 then, and then while we're waiting to shoot the photos, I start talking. We start talking about Budokan. Yeah. And how, I mean, even if you think about it, there's only a handful of bands whose names are synonymous with certain concert venues. Uh, Queen with Wembley, Springsteen with Meadowlands, and um, obviously Cheap Trick with the Budokan. Budokan they're, they're, yeah. they're synonymous. You say Budokan, Cheap Trick. Well, it's amazing. Like he explained, they were huge in Japan. They had no idea. You know, I mean, this is all pre-iPod, pre-internet, yeah. stuff like that, you know? And so they go over there and they're like, What? You know, crazy. They didn't really want to do the album. They were surprised that people cared. It was only supposed to be released in Japan. Like the cover art was lousy, and they said, "Oh, we hate this cover art." And the, and the management said, "Don't worry about it. No one's going to see this ever." And what do you know? It becomes one of the 
you know, you had a good rap. Selling. You had a good rap going with them. Yeah, I'm a little more. It's funny because usually it's flipped around. Like I, I think I'm all cool. When the camera light goes off or when the microphone goes silent, Sean Daly does not exist anymore. I get a little. Uh, I got with Robin. I'm like. I don't know. I kiss his ass a lot, but I like Robin. He's a good dude. Yeah. He's a good dude. Do you think he ever gets tired of playing I Want You to Want Me? No. It's a great song. It's a great song. You know what line I never get tired of? Okay, I think I know. I want you to want the Seggies. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, uh, by the sound of the gong, it must be time to admit that that was the most awful <laughs> segue ever into the Seggies. Ah, you know. You know what happens? I actually dream about Seggies. Uh, Do you? Yeah, the Seg- how we're going to get to them. Like, I, I've, got I- a, I've got a, a dream coming up about the uh, the mystery song that's going to scare you to death. Scare you to death. Really? Yeah. Creepy. But um, I think what happens is we get these great interviews. We get these people come in here and they're, it goes so much better than we ever dreamed of. And then afterwards, we're just like, <laughs> you know, our, our brains just aren't working anymore. Yeah. No, no, no. I love, I love this show. I love this show. Uh, pay attention. Here's the last show's. Mystery clip. Can I ask you something? You're all church-going folk. I really want to ask you something. Do you think God knew what he was doing when he created woman? Yeah, Witches of Eastwick. All-time uh, favorite movie I love about so sexy. the devil. So the sexy. 80s. And his, uh, his Johnson pointed down, remember? What? Yeah. That's what are you talking there. about? I, I, did I dream that? No, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Susan Sarandon or uh, Cher, one of them says his his uh, his schwanz points down. Because he's a devil. It's like his tail. It's pointy and down. It's a trident, in other words. Except for it's a one dent. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess so. Anyway, we had lots. Lots of winners. They include Ron Raymond of Portland, Maine. Julie in North Carolina. Dr. Jean-Marc Beauvais of Fort Myers, Florida. Johnny, when is the Australian podcast going to be finished? Because we have been waiting for more than a year for that sucker to be finished. Vinyl from Australia. Chris from South Lyon. Dr. Dim. Lance from Big Trouble in Little Fredonia. (laughs) Brian Spoon. Calhoun. Dave Featherston in Australia. Rush Cress. Billy Zoom. Monica in Olympia. The Zoftic, the Vivacious, the Rubenesque Anastasia from, and apologies to Steve, this makes him cry, Columbus, Ohio. My apologies if you are not Rubenesque. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing? Why is Columbus, Ohio going to make you cry? I don't know. I don't like Columbus. <laughs> I went in front of a whole Detroit. Cl- oh, no, no. I have no problems with Detroit. Columbus, though, haunts my dreams. And, um... It's so funny. I did a couple weeks ago. I had to speak to a class in Bowling Green. Bowling Green University is in Ohio. Sure. And half the class was quizzing me on why I hate Ohio so much. Really? And I said, no. I said, I'm sure the town you guys are in is lovely. But I said, my my hatred is geared towards Columbus. I don't know why you hate uh, great chunks of the Midwestern United States. No, not great chunks. Little chunks. They all start with the letter O and they all end with the letter O. What? telling you. Wow. Don't make me explain it. Instead, allow me to play this week's mystery clip. No! No, she has a strong heart. She wants to live. Come on, Lynch. Come on, baby. If you know it, email us at stuckinthe80s at tampabay.com and tune in next week to find out if you are a wiener. And now, our newest segment. 
What makes Spearsy cry? I did my best, but I guess my best wasn't good enough. Cause here we are back where we were before. Seems nothing ever changes. Ah, yes, once again. It's time for America's fastest growing Seggy segment. It is What Makes Spearsy Cry. If we had a segment about what makes daily, what would be the verb? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Come on. No. Uh, Think about what it. What makes daily? Think fast on your feet. Laugh. Everything makes me laugh, just like everything makes you cry. Uh, what makes daily? Horny? Eh, basically, uh, <laughs> pretty much everything that makes you cry. No. Um, I don't know. What makes daily? What's the one emotion that you're most ashamed of? And yet it shows oh, it shows God. your but yet it shows that you that you're a human that, that you have flaws. Uh, maybe some would say I have a certain amount of vanity. <laughs> <laughs> what makes daily humble? <laughs> uh, it's a one-time shot at this seggy. <laughs> Nothing. Go ahead. Please, Shazam from St. Louis has graciously, graciously uh, sent us a What Makes Spearsy Cry entry. Here's my input for the songs that make Steve cry. New segment. Movie moments that made Steve cry. I never used to cry at movies until I sat down one Christmas and watched Scrooged with my mother. When the scene near the end of the movie came on where the little kid Calvin, who wouldn't speak, looks up into Bill Murray's eyes and says, Tiny Tim's phrase, God blesses everyone. I lost it. Shazam lost it. And the funny thing is that I started crying before my mother, who is notoriously weepy when it comes to sappy movie moments. She looked at me as if to say, what? You're crying? And then she started crying, too. So if that movie can break an emotionless hard ass like me, I'm sure Steve cried so much at that moment, he never saw the end of the film. P.S. It's a happy one, buddy. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Good Kwanzaa, and of course, Happy Festivus for the rest of us. Shazam and St. Louis. You love Scrooge. I love Scrooge. I've seen him start to finish Have you teared up? Not during that scene. Can I be honest with you for a second? This has nothing to do with the 80s and everything to do with crying. I watched The Help the other night. The Help about, you know, 60s, uh, you know, uh, uh, maids and, and such like that and, you know, racial inequality in, in Mississippi. Sobbed. Really? Sobbed like, sobbed like... I don't even know what to say to that. No, sobbed. And there's like 10 scenes in the road. It's like boom, 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 boom. Like, come on. Sobbed. Honestly, Steve, like, <laughs> I couldn't. Really? Like, this is stupid. <laughs> I actually said that out loud. Like, I was like laughing at how hard I was crying. I think I was just having a really emotional day. But just, <laughs> awful. I have cried during Scrooge, but not at that scene. I cry I when. I bet you're a silent crier, though. Do you just, like, kind of, and just one tear goes down? I get all the nasally, like, <laughs> Do you really that, have that those real, cries? That horrible thing sounds like I'm choking yeah. on a golf ball. Yeah. But um, no, it's a scene where where Bill Murray. It's it's the scene in the future where he sees how Karen Allen Karen, Karen Allen has become so crass, oh, yeah. and unloving as a result of his influence, and he just realizes he's done this to another person, and you just see him feel really rotten, and then that's when I kind of. I didn't see that movie again. Really? <sighs> you gotta see the help. See it uh, with your main squeeze. No, it's actually a good movie, too. Well, but really, see. at the end, if you don't cry, something's wrong. <laughs> There's a lot wrong. All right. We got anybody else who plays this game? Yes, actually. Dave Featherston in Australia no. also wants to play What Makes Spearsy Cry. Okay, so far we're 0 for 1. I know, yeah. So, no, well, kind of. Sort we'll get, of. That's a half, do point. It. half yeah. point. 
Uh, Dave Featherston says, uh, I know what makes Spearsy cry. A great Australian band, Air Supply, with their, dare I say, classic, All Out of Love. I can really see you losing it, Spearsy. Let it out. Let it all out. Dave in Australia. Spearsy, is Dave a winner of what makes Spearsy cry? I'm lying alone with my head on the phone, thinking of you till it hurts. I know you hurt too, but what else can we do? Tormented and torn apart. I wish I could carry your smile in my heart for times when my life seems so And we have a winner! Congratulations, Dave! Dave <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, you uh, love the air supply. God. Let's see them live in concert again. And how come, if you're from Australia, you can only reference, like, Australia? Yeah. Like, I've never shone in Florida or shone in America. Why Why are they always talking about Australia? Why don't they, why don't they just no, look beyond their borders? It's like, it's, <laughs> Uh, I don't get it. It's always like they're o- Australia. You always want like some something. You know? <laughs> always want you always something. Always want some legitim- You know, le- le- you know, legitimizing. Isn't Crocodile Dundee and Outback Steakhouse enough for yeah, you? Yeah, and Yahoo Serious. What more do you, you want? want? Jesus Christ, you're living a <laughs> you're living a dream, Australia. Anyway, how can people play? What makes Spearsy cry? Uh, dream up your worst scenario and email it to stuckin80s at timbay.com. Ah, the mystical refrain of name that 80s tune. Hey, I'll play a snippet of a song from the 80s. And it will not make us cry, but it will make you think. Are wow. you ready? Yeah. Pay attention. Here's the tune from last show. That's Dennis DeYoung's solo hit, Don't Wait for Heroes. Daily, I'm shocked because when I picked this song, I fully anticipated that nobody would get it right. And and I was surprised by the number of people who did. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. About seven winners. I think there was more. I just didn't write down any more names. Yeah, lazy. Yeah. Um, a lot. I have no idea. I couldn't pick that song out of a oh, that's lineup. fun. Dennis Young is a Sing fun. a little. Sing a little. Don't wait for heroes. Spirit The only let you down. Captain America. So you ready for the dream? Yeah. So the other night, um, Saturday night, I couldn't. I, I drank, um, well, my usual amount of wild turkey and diet coke, and I went to bed. And at three in the morning, I woke up, cold sweats, tearing my room to pieces because I could not get Dennis D. Young's "Desert Moon." Oh yeah. Out of my head, and this song too, but "Desert Moon." 
And it was like I was at some, it was like I was at some recording studio where he do, he was just doing one take after another take after another take Ooh, cr- after another oh take. Oh my god! That's so like literally, I had, I had eight hours of REM sleep with Dennis Young singing to me. And literally, when I woke up the next day, my be- it looked like a bomb had gone off in my in my bed. And uh, my girlfriend's like, "What's wrong?" I'm like, "Dennis Young is what's wrong." God, that's I, I was angry. Up. I mean, for half the day, I was angry at Dennis Young for no reason whatsoever. I was like, really angry with him, like on a personal level. Yeah. Like you just want to mess with his like. I'm not gonna. When I interview him, I'm not gonna say any of this because he's gonna be like, "Okay." <laughs> Are you um now? If you get nine hours of REM sleep, but it's Dennis DeYoung influenced and it torments you, is that still good sleep? I can't imagine it was. I can't imagine it is either. Like if you're having nightmares, isn't that kind of like, you know, you must have been sweating too. And oh, it was bad. And you're with the girlfriend. You're trying yeah, to. Yeah. You were probably kicking her, calling her Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we had some winners. Oh, our first winner. And I'd like to thank him uh, for a lovely Christmas card. And it's, uh, that's honest. It's Kevin Wench. Oh, yeah, I got one too. I love Kevin Wench. Really, really nice, thoughtful card. Um, Alejandro Cardoso Solis. No card from Alejandro. <laughs> uh, Fish from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Shazam in St. Louis. Captain Pittsburgh. Peter Watts in Ottawa. And. The voluptuous, <laughs> the zoptic, the Rubenesque, Jay Sparky Evans, up there in uh, Coal Creek, Pennsylvania. Are you just making stuff up? Uh, nice. No, uh, I think it's Scranton. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery tune. If you know it, email us at stuckinnewsatempe.com and tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. And we're back, and still buzzing from Robin Zander's visit. Yes, the great Robin Zander visits in the studio today. And Steve, let me ask you. Far away. If you're a rock star, and you're a rock star to a lot of people, in my eyes you are, what cheap trick song would you cover? If you could only pick one, what would you cover? There was a song that we used to party to when I was in a fraternity back at the University of Florida, where I had a mustache. <laughs> And, An awesome uh, when this song came on the radio or, 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 or when the DJ played it, the whole place just went crazy. Are you ready? Yeah. She's tight. Oh, that is. Oh, they never play it live anymore. I don't know if they ever did. I, you know, I think I asked Robin once about why he doesn't do it, but it's not because it's like, like for lascivious, you know, tawdry reasons. Like I, they just don't like it. Maybe, you know, it's a little different from normal cheap trick. That it sounded like they were going to. It's almost like uh, was it Billy Joel's Glass Houses album, where it's a little too yeah, new wavy. It's a little new wave. It's them. a little new wavy. Like they were trying, and they, they were pretty much on their own wavelength, and that seemed like they were playing the game. So that's maybe a, that's, that's a hard like song. It. I imagine to play live too. Well, what, what song yeah. would you play? <clears throat> oh God, this is such a great song. And the notes Robin hits on this when he was a young man were tough. I'm, and he still does it in concert. I saw it's on the set list for, uh, I think for the, the Dream Police show. As if you want my love, you want me to sing or you want to play a clip? If you want my love, you got it, Spizzy. If you need my love, you got it. And then there's that break in the song. Loud, nanny, 
and he, he's like going high. Remember? I mean, it's like, oh, so good. Do you like that song? I do. You like my version? Look I'm, how happy you are. I want to give you a big hug. Come here, you rascal. I don't know. You're a happy Put on spirit. Put young mask first. <laughs> Dennis! <laughs> hey, that's all we got for this week. We thank uh, Robin Zinner for coming in, and uh, what an amazing end of the year this has been. It's been a great 2011. Again, Stuck in the 80s, you're my partner. You're my life partner. I love you. We all hope you have great New Year's Eves. Sean and I, we usually have better even years. So we have high hopes for 2012. 2012, we're going to crush it. Right. I turn fit 42. You turn 62. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> in the meantime, we stay here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for the music for the opening credits. Read our blog at tampabay.com slash blogs slash 80s. And don't forget to subscribe to the show at iTunes. <laughs> <laughs>